0: to meet my brain a field guide to autism i'm your host the autistic woman in this episode i'll be relating my experiences are there areas of your life that you've tried to improve with minimal results regardless of your efforts i'll talk about a few autistic traits and how they've changed for me stick around to learn more in this episode i'm going to go over some autistic things and whether they've improved for me over time, starting with relationships. From young, I was trying to improve myself. There were things I found difficult, such as relationships, that I thought just came naturally to others. I decided that if I could learn what they already knew, these challenges would disappear. I believed there was a way to learn enough, or practice enough, or read enough, that I could get it. Each time I'd find a new book about relationships or self-improvement, I would think, Yay! I found the answer! Only to be back in the same spot within a month of reading it. Because things didn't really improve, I thought I just had to find the right book. I honestly thought it was okay to need these books or why would people write them? Aren't they for all of us who just didn't learn how to be? Making friends. This has not changed. If anything, it's gotten harder. When you're young, you have opportunities to make friends at school, at work, at your kid's school, if you have them. But later in life, these opportunities disappear. Long-time friends move or pass on. One of the main ways to make friends is to join a club or interest group or take a class like pottery, art, music, at your local parks and rec. But those usually require in-person. And being autistic, I'm not good at committing to a regular meeting type of thing. In other words, I've gotten to where I avoid it because I know I have difficulty showing up each time. Every meeting requires that I'm social in a room full of strangers, or relative strangers, and that's not in my DNA. Sensory issues, noise and sound. Actually, these may be worse. I'm not certain if I just thought everyone hated lawnmowers or if it's just me. I thought you just have to put up with noise. I realize now that it's sensory issues. Those irritable noises are more than that. They're painful. In the past, I must have either denied that pain or it wasn't as bad as it is now. I recognize when pain comes from sound now, for example, because I can feel it in my ears and body. I'm aware of it. It's okay to be sensitive to sound because I'm autistic. I have a better understanding of why I choose the music I do and that I can have it loud without it affecting my nervous system adversely. Food. I'm finally not feeling guilty if I don't want to eat something. I've struggled with that since I was a child. There are things I literally can't eat. That can improve to some extent. I don't know if that is naturally what happens to everyone or if it's an autistic thing. A few foods I did not like as a kid, I do now. Overall though, the majority of the food I hated is still in that category. Smell. I've always been sensitive to odors and scents. I can detect even a slight odor particularly if it's something unpleasant. I notice how something smells all the time. This is something that probably hasn't changed. It's just that I'm aware of it and the fact that it is a sensory sensitivity. And I wouldn't want this to change. Sight. If we're talking eyesight, mine definitely has gotten worse. But that's not what we're talking about. Seeing the world has always brought great pleasure. I continue to need to be surrounded by beauty, which I mean by things I find beautiful. I'm aware of it now as far as understanding what it's all about. In the past, I thought things like, what's wrong with people who have that color wall? Now I get it that it doesn't appeal to me, maybe, and that's because of how I feel when I'm in what I consider to be on attractive settings. My productivity and mood depend on what I see. I love to travel and hike in part because of the visual experience. Touch. Again, this is something I didn't realize was autistic until I got older. Before, I didn't really notice it per se. I have always preferred cotton clothes, but It took a while to realize it was the fabric of a piece of clothing that made a difference in whether I liked it. The fact that I hate tags on clothing is because they hurt. I used to think I was just weird or that companies didn't know how to make comfortable tags. I don't believe that's changed with age. I'm more aware of it knowing I'm autistic. I also respect my preferences even more now because I feel it's okay to. Coordination. I have virtually always lived with bruises on my legs. Most of the time, not knowing how they got there. I'm getting better at avoiding crashing into countertops. After a few times bumping into something or knocking an item off a shelf, I consciously train my brain to notice and avoid it. I can usually succeed at this with practice. There's always that moment when it still happens. I'm also paying more attention to where I put things when I notice that I put a dinner plate partway off the coffee table. In other words, with the edge sticking off the table, I invariably would knock it off when I crossed my legs. I've learned to pay attention to how I put a plate down and to consciously choose to make sure it's completely on the table. I've observed that I'm at my clumsiness if I'm tired or distracted. I also tend to walk too fast, and my brain thinks I can just plow through whatever's in my path. I tell myself to slow down to pay better attention to notice when I repeatedly bump the same thing. I'm noticing so that I can prevent it from happening in the future, and in many cases, it helps. So by observing and taking my time, I've seen some improvement in this area. Short-term memory. I don't believe this has changed as I've gotten older, but I can't remember. With more things going on in life, there are more things to forget. I'm at least aware of my short-term memory issues. Sometimes I can compensate. Lists help. I've used multiple sources in the past to learn, like reading a book, listening to the audio, watching a video. I've found nothing that changes or improves my short-term memory. I leave multiple tabs open on my computer. I've been teased for having 15 open. Well, recently I read tweets from people saying they have 500 open. My motivation is to help me remember what I was interested in. It's like having a list except that I often don't get back to them, or when I do, I either don't need the information or forgot why I needed it in the first place. Black and white thinking. Do you remember the first time you heard that term? I wondered what the heck it was. It's not literal, so I said to myself, I don't do that. I mean, right is right and wrong is wrong. It's not just something I tell myself. Again, By understanding what black and white thinking is and becoming aware of it, I can now sometimes see if I'm doing it. I can take the time to consider whether it's a good idea to be on one extreme or the other. If I feel strongly about something, I might revert to black and white thinking. Special Interests I've had special interests my whole life, and they change over time. It seems like often when I conquered something, in other words, gained all the knowledge or skill I wanted from a particular interest, I would then move on to something else. Sure, there are some that don't change, like my love of birds. Some come and go and come back again, like my interest in rocks. With the internet, it's easier than ever to have special interests because they include getting a lot of information about something we love. And that's now more accessible than ever. There was a time when I thought I had so many interests because I couldn't stick to anything. There's so much a part of who I am that I wouldn't want to change it because they bring me a lot of happiness. I also feel that I would get old without special interests. What I mean by that is that my mind would age and become less active overall if I don't keep it fresh with new, interesting things to learn. Exaggeration. Everyone does that. No one, all the time, never. I've made a conscious effort not to use always and never as much as possible. It actually makes speech more accurate. This hasn't really changed. Stress. There are more things in life to be stressed about. We have things like meditation, an emphasis on exercise, to help us deal with stress, to name a few. It can still shut me down. For as long as I can remember, if someone asked me if I was stressed, I would answer no, even if I had a half dozen stressful things going on in my life. As I've gotten older, I'm more likely to avoid stressful situations or remove myself from something stressful. Maybe being in denial helped in the past. If something is very stressful, I may have no choice but to avoid it. Sometimes I literally can't face it. I hear this is rather common with autistics. I knew an autistic man who, upon hearing about something urgent or emotional, would go into his bedroom, lay down on the bed, and put a pillow over his face, even in an emergency that needed his immediate attention. I haven't done that, but I get it. Now there are times when something can make me feel like it's the end of the world. Not literally. For many people, anxiety symptoms worsen with age. This is due to the aging brain and to life experience. Not saying what you need. When you need more information, When you need an explanation. When I need more information, I might not say anything. When I need an explanation, silence. It's better for me now because of age. Because I've figured out that someone else's opinion of me isn't as important as mine. Someone else's opinion doesn't change your life, cure disease, or get you friends. So it's not that meaningful in the big picture. It's still hard to accept help, though. When someone says, if you need any help, just let me know. Do I? Not really. It's super hard for me to ask for favors, which I would feel I was doing if I took them up on their offer. Why? I have no idea. I just have a lot of difficulty accepting help. If someone were to come over and just say, I'm helping you with X. I'd be okay. I have a friend who will say things like, I'm coming over Saturday, and I'll show you how to fix your drip irrigation line. Well, that would work well for me. Taking things literally. I didn't realize this was something anyone would consider a problem. After all, it's more precise. It's helped me as a lawyer to argue on behalf of my clients. The law can require precision and accuracy, which is suited to a literal interpretation. Knowing I'm autistic and often that I take things literally has helped me as a judge. I've probably talked about this before. One of the best examples is about an autistic man who was in court standing in front of the judge who asked him sir when will you turn 18. the man answered your honor i'll be 18 on my birthday a judge who doesn't understand literal thinking might assume that the man was mocking her this taking things literally has not changed much sure I've learned a few things people say that shouldn't be taken literally, but those are things like, see you soon, or I'll be ready in a sec, and a few others. Now that I understand this about myself, I can at least question whether I'm taking things literally. However, I find it frustrating when I don't know. I might ask now, which is something I wouldn't do before. Making eye contact. I don't have a problem one-on-one. I do have problems with being in unfamiliar surroundings or in a public situation at times. Like walking into a party or walking in a parking lot, being in a mall or store, etc. I can't look someone in the eye. I physically cannot do it. Even trying it is so uncomfortable. Improving communication. I hate to keep saying this, but it has not really gotten better. You would think that with years of experience, I would finally improve. With writing, I can now tell, at least, when I start writing or talking from the middle of a thought. Rewriting something can take me a long time. I notice more often now than I used to when something needs more detail or background. I have to read what I write over and over, though, to figure that out and fill in the missing information. Saying too much. Where is the line between not enough and too much? I still haven't found it. The non-autistic world, seems to prefer reading between the lines. I've learned how to do that to a point. There's an old joke that goes like this. A woman asks her friend, do these pants make me look fat? The friend answers, what do the pants have to do with it? There's a certain candor and honesty that comes with saying too much. At one time I thought, If it's honest, what's wrong with saying it? I get it now, yet I'll sometimes blurt something out before realizing it wasn't a good idea. So maybe if someone asked, do these pants make me look fat? I might be able to say something like, I hadn't noticed that. I'm finding that I can learn some responses to use to deflect an uncomfortable question so that I don't say something insensitive because it was all I could think of. I would say that some autistic traits can change, and that change is minimal. Our brains are wired the way they are. We can train them and create neural pathways, I suppose. For an autistic person, that's not enough to change our traits. I see this example particularly in social situations. As many autistics know, reading books, becoming a quasi-expert on relationships doesn't necessarily help us get better at them. We can't fight biology. It was a relief to find out that an autistic person has a brain that's hardwired to be divergent. Most things won't change, regardless of how much we learn or practice. What appear to be improvements might just be coping mechanisms, which is fine. I feel more empowered now that I understand this. There are so many things autism is. It's not simple. I covered just a few for now. Is your experience similar? Have you found that some things improve with time? Do you think autism can get better? I'm on Twitter at anautisticwoman, or you can email me at info at Share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's help people understand what it's like to be autistic. I enjoy hearing from you. I respond as soon as I possibly can. Thank you for your support on Patreon and PayPal. Subscribe to the podcast now in the top 2% globally. This has been Meet My Brain, a field guide to autism. I, the autistic woman, Slava Ukraine.